when you get pain, the last, last week's message was, is pain part of the Christian experience, the Christian life? And we decided that the scriptures say, yes. Um, and, and that little bit of pain that I had was a lot of pain for a little while. Uh, it, it, it teaches you things. I'm always looking, God, what are you teaching me? Are you showing me something? Because certainly, children of God never be in pain for naught. God doesn't work like that. If He allows pain to come your way, or sometimes causes a little bit of pain to come your way, and um, then it is always for the kingdom's sake, and of which you're part, and in this scenario, I, was, I am part of the kingdom, so that God can share more things with you, so that you can draw closer to him and that you have more testimony to share to talk to other people about Jesus. And that other people who are in pain would be encouraged by what you get to share. So therefore, uh, you have expanded the kingdom in that way that they have, have been encouraged by what you have to share. So, um, I also realized <clears throat> that this physical body needs every part to work well if it's going to be optimum, yes? That doesn't mean that if something is hurt uh, or something is not working, that you're incapacitated per se, but you won't work optimally, yes? Make sense? So, therefore, <clears throat> every part of the body is necessary for the body to work optimally, most effectively and efficiently. And so this morning we are going to talk a little bit about, I gave it a title, One Body, One Body. And then after the sermon, I would like to challenge fathers and those who have had fathers uh, to, uh, to come forward and, and let's pray over you and so on and so forth. So just, I, I don't know how long I'll go with this, but um, I'll go for a little while. <clears throat> and the point, the argument that Paul is making in this chapter, verses uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 31. 12 to 31 is the last part of the, or the second half of the chapter, if you will, or the second two-thirds, if you will. Um, within those few verses, the words... The body or one body are mentioned 18 times. I think that Paul wants to give us the impression that he's talking about one body. And it's important to know because if we are not careful, and this is the argument that Paul is going to make as we're going to go through the scriptures, and I don't know how far we're going to go, but I'm going to try to go at least to uh, where the gifting starts. Um, if we are not careful, we might think that there is more than one body. And certainly, uh, the way we act as Christians, sometimes I think that we think there's more than one body. Or else, we may have an inferiority Christian complex. That is to say, that if you don't... Uh, display certain, let's say, gifts maybe, that maybe I'm not a Christian. 
Or maybe somebody else says that you're not a Christian. Or that you belong to a part of the body that thinks that they are the whole body. Paul is making that point. Or else you have a superiority complex. And that you think that because you belong to a certain part of the body, that that's all there is to it. Everybody else, you don't really need that much. Have you had experiences like that? No? Oh. Well, I mean, there is plenty of experiences like this. Plenty of experiences like this. And we may not get to all the examples because when it comes to the gifts, I hope to get through there, but we don't have a lot of time. So I hope that maybe we can get all the way to the gifts and, then, and, then, and make the points that Paul is making over here. So, and then there are people in the body that feel or maybe are accused of that they don't have much to contribute because they are shy or maybe they feel, feel weak or whatever. Have you had that experience? Oh, my goodness, folks. You haven't had those experiences? Oh, whoa. I, I, I'm up every day. People feel like they are not measuring up, so therefore, maybe they are not, they are not part of it. Uh, or maybe they don't think they have anything to contribute. Such a lady was in the, in the church where, I, where we used to go, and I told you already maybe last week or the week before, I gave her a hug every Sunday morning because I felt like she needed to get a hug from a real brother that would encourage her and make her feel like a real sister because by her own testimony, she, she testified that she didn't think that she had much to contribute, if anything, to the body of Christ. And there's people galore like that. And Paul is making the argument over here that, hey, let me tell you something. You might feel weak, but God is going to give you additional strength. Or sometimes... People feel like they may be a little bit ashamed of a brother or a sister that did some things, as if they never did anything wrong. You know, uh, hey, this is a person for whom Jesus shed his blood, and she's a sister or a brother, and it's a privilege that you have to call such a person a sister or a brother, and you just go ahead and encourage such a person to get back in step with Christ instead of being embarrassed by them. It being Father's Day, I must tell you that sometimes I hear fathers say about their children, they, they embarrass me. I told my children, you can never embarrass me. I will always be proud to be your father because that is what I'm there for, to be your father through thick and through thin, with A pluses and with Fs, with trophies or, or losing in the first round. It doesn't make any difference. I'm there for you, and I'm your father through thick and thin. And I can tell you some stories, but I'll leave it for here and then with my introduction. And now we're looking at, at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. Verse 12. First of all. Uh, and I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Am I, am I doing this? Oh, does it say Ephesians? Oh, okay, okay, okay. 
There's no fish twelve, yeah. First Corinthians twelve. First Corinthians twelve, verse twelve. No problem, you're good, you're good. First Corinthians twelve, verse twelve. First Corinthians twelve, verse twelve. It says this for as the body is one and had many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. In that one verse, it says twice the body, one the body, and twice one body. Just in one verse. Paul is making a point, don't you think? And he says over here, for as For as the body is one, rookie, it's my fault. I, I push too many buttons. <laughs> For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members are of that one body, being many, being many are one body, so also is Christ. So Paul is making the point right there in one verse. He says there is only one body. But there are many members. He is making that sort of, of an introduction of the passage that he's starting over here because he doesn't want people to think, as many people think, that, that they, they have the whole body. There are many members. There's not just one member that can claim that they are the body. Where then would be the body, is the argument that he's making. And there is not more than one body, all of these members, all of the Christians in the world, belong to one body. And it behooves us to treat people who claim Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that we treat them as brothers and sisters, belonging to the same body that we belong to. Because too often and too long has there been such a division among Christian folks. Not only denominationally, but even within the same denomination, there is groupings. And that is okay, just as long as we don't treat each other as if we belong to different bodies. We belong to one body. And Paul wants to be specific about it, and that's why he uses the word body and one body almost three times in one verse. And so, just as we are one body, our body is one body with many members, so is Christ. One body. So is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, or have all been made to drink into one spirit. Okay, we have to just... Talk about that just a little bit so there's not, not too much confusion. We have all been baptized into one body. Yes? By one spirit. It stands to reason that I spent a little bit of time here distinguishing between being baptized by the spirit and being baptized in the spirit. Okay, so every believer, 
When you become a believer, you are baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. Yes? You become now, I believe in, the, you, 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 you proclaim it, or you believe in your heart. When you believe in your heart, you've already been saved. You've been saved before you get out of your seat over there and come to the pastor, let him pray with you. You've already been saved. The pastor is just confirming that you believe the right stuff. If you believe the right stuff, you've been saved already. At the moment that you get, that you get saved, you are baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. You now belong to that one body that he's speaking of in verse 12. Are you with me? There is also a baptism in the Spirit that it speaks of in Acts, the, the first chapter and, 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 and those verses, where it speaks about the baptism in the Spirit. That is to say, you, there's a spirit baptism that has to do with not the placing in the body of Christ, but with an empowerment. It is also called the filling of the Spirit, where people are praying over other people to be filled by the Spirit or to be baptized in the Spirit uh, for them to receive a power to uh, fulfill a mission, whatever that mission might be. Are you with me? So, in other words, if we're going to uh, Namibia, then the church will pray over us that we might be filled with the Spirit or baptized in the Spirit, if you will, so that the Spirit will give us power to minister in Namibia when we go over there. That we have extra power to be able to do the work of God. Without which, it won't be as efficient or effective, if any effectiveness at all, uh, uh, when, when, when we get there. So, but here it speaks about when you become a believer, you are baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. So that now, with all the believers in the world, you are part of that one body of Christ. Are you with me? Okay. So, uh, and, and it is not just Americans or green Americans or purple Americans. It is all peoples. Everyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jews and Gentiles. Frees, free people and slave people who are slaves. It doesn't make any difference who you are. When you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you become part of that body. And my dear brothers and sisters, Abby. Right? Do I have it right? Okay, Abby. So Abby and I, we are brother and sister. And for the privilege of calling Abby sister, Jesus died on the cross. That is not the only reason that he died, but that is what it took for me to be able to call her sister. Otherwise, I could call her sister, but she would not be my blood sister in Christ unless we are both belong to the body of Christ for which Jesus gave his life, his blood on the cross so that I might call you sister. So sister, I will never take it for granted that I get to call you sister. Never. If I do, you go complain to Keith, and he'll, he'll, he'll come talk to me. Or, or Joe, he'll, he'll come talk to me. My brother didn't treat me right, because it is a great privilege. And that is why we have to, as brothers and sisters, we have to talk to each other, treat each other in a certain way, lest it is unacceptable to the Lord. I can't treat Kara just the way I want to. 
just because I'm a little in the flesh today, and I just, hey, get out of the flesh, get in the spirit. So I can talk properly to my sister and treat her properly like a sister in Christ. But we need to be aware of these things, brothers and sisters, lest we treat each other casually and flippantly as if it didn't cost Jesus anything for me to be brother and sister. Cost him a lot. Uh, and we all drank, we all partook of the, of the same spirit. Verse, where are we now? 14, coming up. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. So he's making a point over here. Uh, in fact, the body is many members. Not just one member. It is not just the church on that corner yonder that can claim that they are part of the body of Christ. Or in fact, that they are the body of Christ. It's not just one member. There are many members. So, that church is, this church is, that church is, this church is, and so on and so forth. And these individuals are in the churches. So, he makes it a point. If the foot should say, here is where the inferiority complex comes in. If the foot would say, I am not, the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Somebody has an inferiority complex. And they say, you know what? I don't have these things that, that Jay has. I don't have these gifts that Jay has. I don't have the personality that Jay has. I can preach like Jay preaches. I can share like Jay, Jay shares. And so therefore, I don't think I'm part of the body. You can think all you want. You can have all the opinions that you want. But if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are part of that body. Even if you have an inferiority complex. Do you have an inferiority complex? Most Christians do. Most Christians don't think they are as good as somebody else. Is that true? Well, I tell you. I didn't have an inferiority complex about it. But it'd be sure to be, to be able to preach like Billy Graham every once in a while. Right? Or like prophesy like somebody else. Or have the faith like somebody else. And they pray and poof and they heal. They get healed. You know? But don't go there that you're thinking, huh, I'm not part of the body. Because it is not your opinion that matters, brothers and sisters. It is God's opinion that matters. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are part of the body. Whether you think you are not, you are. So, here, over here, the, the foot is thinking, am I part of the body? I'm not a hand. And Paul is asking a rhetorical question. Is it not part of the body just because it asks this question? Of course it is part of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? The answer is included in the question. Of course it is part of the body. And if the ear would, should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? It is of the body. That is point number one, the inferiority complex. Let's call it that way. Point number two. The next verse says, verse 17 says this. If the whole body were an eye, 
where would be the hearing? If the hole were hearing, where would be the smelling? That is the second point that Paul is making, Paul is making over here. Okay? He is saying that you're, you're hearing, you are of the hearing denomination. You are of the he- hearing group. Sherry, I, I'm not mad. At, I'm, just, I'm just playing around. Yeah, yeah, all right, okay. You look so serious, like, oh, Pastor, I didn't do it. <laughs> so, she says, she, so she is of the hearing group, right? And the hearing group, they claim they are the body. Have you not ever heard groups talk like that or at least uh, give a, a sort of like an indication like that, that they're it? Nobody else is it. They're, they're it. And, and everybody else, they, they, they got it wrong. It, 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 yes, it is the thing that I have been telling you all along is that so many Christians, they have a part of the puzzle, but they think they got the whole puzzle. And so, I'm fighting with Jay about the idea that, look, I've got the puzzle. But he's saying, no, i got the puzzle. And come to, come to find out, come to understand, we just got each got part of the puzzle. Amen. So, the hearing church, the hearing church, they thought they were the whole body. And then the question is, well, if you're the whole body in the hearing church, where is the smelling? Isn't there a group that is supposed to smell then? <laughs> if you're hearing, isn't there a group that's supposed to smell and a group that's supposed to see and a group that's supposed to walk? So that's what I'm saying. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Just as he pleased. It was not as you pleased. It was not about your opinion. It, God placed them in the body just the way that he wanted to. And if you think that your opinion is better than his opinion, have at it, brother. Have at it, sister. You're wrong. God has placed the members in the body just as he saw fit. And if they were all one member, if they were all one member, if the hearing church was one member, was the whole body, then where are the members? And then where would the body be without members? It's all one member. Where is the body? Because he made it very clear in verse 12 and other verses that the body has many members. But one body. But many members. So nobody can claim that they are the body if they are just one member or one group. Okay. And then the next verse. This is the, but now indeed there were many members, yet one body. And the eye, now it goes to the superiority complex, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. This is an, you don't hear people say that with their mouth, but you hear people say that with their attitude. That they think that they are superior than you are. Because 
for whatever reason, because they are the hearing church. They think that they are more, uh, they're superior than the smelling church. Okay? You have to be careful, because this is true uh, denominationally, yes? I call it the smelling and the hearing church because Paul is using his illustrations, but we may as well use Baptists, Methodists, and Pentecostals, and Charismatics, and, and the whole bunch of them. In many places, there is a great division, a schism uh, uh, b- between these groups. And it ought not to be so. Jesus didn't die for many different bodies. He died for one body, that all of this becomes one body, and that we should treat each other that way, even if we disagree. My eye can disagree with my hand sometimes. My, my hand is saying, it feels hot. My eye says, no, I, I don't think so. Because it's an eye. <laughs> so we are going to disagree on some things. Let's just not fight about those things. Let's just talk about those things. So, uh, if we can talk about those things, brothers and sisters, then the, the smelling church and the hearing church and the feeling church, they can learn from one another. Yes? And that's important because not everybody has the whole puzzle. So it's important that I spend time with other brothers and sisters from another part of the puzzle so I can learn what that part of the puzzle has to offer. That'd be beneficial to me because we're part of the same body. And that would be beneficial to the body. So, let me just give you an example. Um, musically, right, uh, as Baptists, we have learned a lot from the Charismatics, musically. All, almost all the contemporary music and the choruses we have learned from charismatics. Did you know that? But maybe the charismatics can learn a lot from the Baptists concerning evangelism. The Baptists are high and big on evangelism. And they didn't just talk about it. For the most part, they do quite a bit of it. So, so this is how we can learn from one another and not each just claim that we're better than another group. And then therefore... We stay separated, and we don't learn a thing from others. And we ought to. Paul is making it very clear. So you have a superiority complex, complex and says, uh, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Not again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker. Now he goes into the weaker group. The people that seem to be weaker. That is to say, there is somebody who is observing and they are thinking, this is a weaker brother or sister. But the weaker one, they are much necessary. They are not dispensable. They are much necessary in the body of Christ. I must tell you that my eyes, they're getting pretty weak. They can't, 
That's why I like the screen over here, because when I read, try to read out of my Bible, I can barely see it. I need more light. So when I'm, study, when I'm studying, I have a brighter light on my, on my Bible so I can actually read it. But the, over here, I've had, my eyes are weaker, but they are necessary. <laughs> yeah. And not only are my eyes necessary, my wife's eyes are also weak, and they are necessary. Because when I'm driving and I didn't see something, she saw it. Watch out. And some guys might be offended by it. Hey, don't be a, a, a passenger seat driving or whatever, driver. But I appreciate it. Because four eyes are always better than two. And I can tell you how often she has prevented an accident. And so it is also in the spiritual realm, in the body of Christ. That we think somebody is weaker, but they are necessary. They're going to save us. They're going to help us. They're going to grow us. They're going to keep us safe. No matter how weak we think they are, they just seem to be weaker. That is the weaker body. Then we go to the next one. What time we have? Okay, we're looking good. Uh, verse. And those members of the body, which we think are less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. <laughs> and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. You forgive my example, okay? <laughs> you can talk about your colon any way you want to and say, I don't need you. You are not presentable. You go somewhere else. My dear brothers and sisters, it shows ignorance and you'll curse the day that you've cursed your colon. <laughs> so you might think of a brother or sister like, oh, not, not, not the presentable. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because you say to that colon, hey, I don't, I, I'm not sure I want you. When something happens to that colon... It is misery. Thank God I haven't experienced that yet. <laughs> yet, I hope never. But, <laughs> but I know some people that have and some people that are. And let me tell you something. Okay? So don't go around thinking that a brother or a sister is unpresentable and therefore huh, not, not, not worthy, not, not, not significant, whatever. They are incredibly significant. To the well-being of the whole body. God doesn't care about your opinion of it. He knows that he put it, he put it there for a reason. <laughs> I'll leave the reason to you. Uh, and then we've we got to go quickly over the rest because I think we have a little time to, uh, to, to say. 24 says this. But our presentable bodies, I'm, I'm going to skip over that because we've talked about it a little bit already. And uh, care for one another. Because they see, say, so care for one another because they're all needed. Every part is needed. We're going to go to 25 here. 26, sorry. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer for it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. 
just in one week, in one week, all my members suffered because do you know how long it took me to get in the car? I mean, I can't tell you. Oh. My neck suffered. My body was saying, what's going on? <laughs> my body wanted to go quicker to the bank and back home, but my back then wouldn't let it. <laughs> I was shuffling. So, but then, even in the one week, the same week, I feel much better now. The rest of my body is rejoicing with it. Woo! Oh, look at me. I can actually, actually, I thought this morning I was going to walk up like this. Look, look. And coming down the same way. But rejoice. I, could, I just walked up there and I walked down and nobody even knows this anything. If I hadn't told you, you wouldn't know. And my body rejoiced. And my soul rejoiced when I was singing praises this morning. I'm telling you what. If my back was hurting this morning, I would have sang the praises with all the gusto in the world. But somehow or another, <laughs> when the pain is gone, there's a little bit more of the rejoicing in there, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. So, when you see Someone suffering. You come around and see if you can make the suffering less. Because when they turn around and there's no more suffering, the whole body gets to rejoice. And you're part of it. And you're part of it. Ah. One member is honored. All the members rejoice with it. Now you are the members of, the, of Christ and members individually. So then it goes into, we go quickly through this because we've already talked about it when we were in the book of Ephesians. Some, so we'll go with, uh, and God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues, uh, uh, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. Okay, this is a good question. Because God has put in the body apostles. And he's put in the body prophets. And he's put in the body teachers. And people that help and administration and and so on and so forth. And then some people that speak with tongues. For the most part, Baptists just tongues. And years past, tongues would split churches. As if, as if the scriptures didn't say they were tongues. But, part of the deal was, many years ago, the body of Christ is coming along, is coming along. Many years ago, I had many discussions with brothers who spoke in tongues. And they say, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not a brother, you're not, you're not saved. And that is simply not true. 
because it's Paul is asking the rhetorical question over here. Are all, where does it say? Gifts of healing, administrative varieties of, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? And the next verse says, do all have gifts of healings? Do all, have, do all speak with tongues? The answer is included in the question. No, not everybody's an apostle. No, not everybody's a prophet. No, not everybody's a teacher. No, not everybody's speaking tongues. And you need to know the truth. But that doesn't mean that there's no tongues. But, as always, and I'm, I'm sidetracking just a little bit over here, okay? Let, 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 let me do that just a little bit as a pastor. Uh, when somebody would come into this place here, they walk in, and they come, and they stand, and they speak in tongues. As the pastor, I would get up and say, Brother, you're out of order. You cannot even speak in English to my church, let alone in tongues. For you to be able to speak to my flock, you have to identify yourself so that you are in order and you have to have permission to be able to speak to my flock. Identify yourself, who you are, where you're coming from, and then boom. And if you have a message in tongues, then we're making sure that there's an interpreter over here, and boom, you're free to go. We want to hear that word. But don't think that you're the only one or because you do something or the other. Don't think because you are an apostle that huh, you're the man. It just shows that you're not the real apostle. Because a real apostle would, would, would be humble. A real apostle might not even have done his business card that he's an apostle. He might not have it on his name tag that he's an apostle, or on his office door, apostle. Anyways, so, uh, yes, and then he goes on to say this. Do all interpret? No. But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way than all these gifts that you could gather together. If one person had all those gifts, there would be a more excellent way. And that introduces the next chapter about love. Love is the most excellent way, my dear brothers and sisters. And all these different members of, these different, of, of this one body, all these different denominations, all these different groups, all these different Christians, if you belong to Jesus, you belong to that body. We need to be uh, treating our brothers and sisters like that.